So if you're not putting four under contract in a quarter and then you're not showing up to team meetings and you're not like being a positive steward of culture, we're going to have a conversation of like, Hey, you've got 30 or 60 or how many ever days to kind of get back on track or like, you know, I don't think this is the right fit. This is stay paid a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. If you're not already subscribed, while you're there, drop us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. Our guest today is Katie Day. Katie is the team leader for the Move Me to Texas team as an agent Katie's focus is on getting top dollar for her sellers through a personalized and dynamic marketing strategy for each home. And as a team leader, she works to recruit new real estate agents and support her team to better serve their clients. Katie, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Katie, super excited to have you on the show. I was sharing with you before we came on. I feel like I see you everywhere, but I, I think it's because I'm in the ecosystem of Tom Ferry, right? So Jason Pantana, Tom Ferry, and all the different agent stuff going on, the conferences and stuff like that. But you are crushing it. And so we've been kind of following you for a while. And I wasn't, when we got referred to you to have you on the show, I think it was Sean Carpenter, right? By Sean Carpenter. Yeah, Sean is one <laughs> of Another Sean Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love, I mean, Sean is amazing. But he said, oh, we got to have you on the show. And I wasn't putting two and two together. But then when I was yeah. like, oh, it's this Katie. Yeah, I, I know about her. <laughs> I see her all the time. But if you could share your story with the audience of kind of how you got into real estate, lead us up to today. And I can't wait to break, pick your brain on marketing. Yeah, for sure. And Sean Carpenter, that's actually really funny because he and I knew each other back when I was with Cobble Banker, mm -hmm. right? Like just of knowing each other's names and knowing the same people, similar to like what you just said about like the Tom Ferry world. And so I knew who he was, but I never met him. I was on his podcast over COVID. So we oh, you know, wow. had some FaceTime then to where we kind of got to know each other a little bit better. And then he was in Houston probably a week and a half, two weeks ago. So I met him in person for the first time in, oh, you awesome. know, how many ever years, the, the five to how many ever years. But I I've bet you felt like you knew him world. because of just, yeah, you, just sure, the interaction sure. through content. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, we talk frequently, right? So it was just funny to, to meet him in person and, and see him uh, live. So yeah. Anyways, so me, I got into real estate um, after a career in property management. Um, so I did that directly out of college and it was, it was a fine job, right? Um, I just never really loved it. And it finally got to the point that I needed to do something different. So I got into real estate full-time in 2017 and did that for a little while. My husband got into real estate as well later in 2017. And then in 2018, we decided to start a team and had, you know, a lot of hires and fires and people quitting and good hires and bad hires and and then moving into like 2020, 2021 is really when we started to grow the team and have, you know, good systems and processes. You know, we had them before, but they probably weren't great. And um, yeah, so now we're sitting at a team of about 15 going into the new year. We just hired, um, you know, a couple new agents. Wow. And yeah, we're just, you know, looking to help as many people in Houston buy and sell real estate. Love that. What type of uh, volume or transactions are you guys doing? Yeah. So, um, we'll probably end the year just over 200 transactions this year. Ooh. Um, so, but I mean, we're in Texas, you know, so you've got to sell hundreds of homes to, that's like my know, brother in Virginia. Traction. Yeah. He's in that range of, he's trying to, he has a little bit bigger team, but he hundreds and hundreds of transactions. I think his goal this year is like 400 and something. And, and he goes, yeah, but 
the average home is like 200,000 <laughs> something. So I have to sell so many. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, you know, you talk to someone in Texas and, and they're talking to you in like volume, right. Or not volume. They're talking yeah. to you in transactions. Like, Oh, this is the amount of units I did. Right. Yeah, yeah. You talk to someone in California. They're like, Oh, this is my volume. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, you yeah. sold four homes. Like, five, oh yeah. But it was, homes. you know, $50 million. So, um, <laughs> you know, great. it is what it is. Absolutely. We're real estate agents. Well, I want to definitely get into the team building aspect, but first, before we jump into that, talk a little bit about your context. I'm looking at your social media, 20, almost 30, thousand followers on Instagram, half a million views on YouTube. You know, that's not the typical uh, type of audience that, you know, most real estate agents have or, or teams have. So tell us a little bit about how you've kind of grown that audience and what the what the content is that you're putting out and the strategy behind that. For sure. So, you know, I got into real estate in 2017. Um, you know, in the Tom Ferry world, he's always talked about and, and really any real estate coach or any person you talk to is like, you know, you've got to be on social, you've got to do this. And so that was always something that I knew um, I enjoyed. Like I enjoy the marketing aspect of things. I enjoy content creation. I, I like that. I'm not a very creative person, but I like that creative aspect of things. And um, so it was always something that we did. And then in 2019, I made the decision that we needed to go all in on video. So we hired a videographer and had him on, on a retainer. And, you know, I, I didn't know what the direction was, but I was like, I'm willing to pay you, you know, how many of our thousands of dollars a month to, to, for me to make that commitment, right? Wow. I'm going to pay you either way, right? Uh, the money's going out, so I better so shoot good. that content. Um, and so, so we've had lots of different things that we do as far as like the neighborhood spotlights. Uh, most of the YouTube stuff I shoot myself just with camera or phone, um, you know, just because it's, it's longer form content and we have a VA that edits that. Um, and before it was me editing it, right? But um the YouTube's a little bit different. And now for Instagram, we, we really have a community focus. We have an educational focus. And, you know, what are those questions that are buyers and sellers and, um, you know, investors and, and consumers are asking us and, and putting it out there kind of for the world to see. Love that. I want to ask you maybe some rapid fire type questions on okay. your thoughts here. How many posts do you think people should do a week, a day? Any recommendations there? What are you doing yourself? So I think... I think that that's a slippery slope. Um, you know, you'll listen to a social media coach and they're like, you have to have five stories and one feed post yep. and blank DMs and blah, 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 blah. And I think, you know, all of that's great. But like, if you, I think that what you need to do is what's sustainable, mm. right? And so if that's two posts a week and one story a day, yep. and that's what's sustainable for you, then that's what you should do. And then as you get comfortable with that, increase the cadence and quality of your post. Super, right? yeah, super well too, said. Too many people try to do like 30 videos in 30 days, or I'm going to post a story every single day, or I'm going to blank. And they do that for a week or two weeks or maybe 30 days. And then 30 days is up and they're like, thank God. Now I don't have to post every day. <laughs> and so pick the thing that uh, we did that. sustainable for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> You know, we made the um, same mistake. We did the 30 yep. days and 30 reels or 30 reels and 30 days. Once yeah, it was we're over, like, like oh, we, we can't sustain we this. It. So then <laughs> yeah. um, you're split in content. You say community, educational, right? I'm sure there's some personal in there. Um, yeah. Like, are you doing way more educational than community? Can you give uh, the audience, like if they were trying to apply what you do, a little bit more glimpse into that? Yeah. So um, I'm not as organized as people probably think I am by way of content creation and content dis distribution. Um, I kind of just post, you know, what 
I want to post, right? So we do one community spotlight every week. And that's okay. that's a long form video, you know, anywhere between two to four minutes long, uh, long form, two, two to four minutes long. And that's on, it goes on YouTube, it goes on Facebook, and it goes on Instagram, okay. right? And so that's once a week we do that. And that's, we have them shot and edited from now through the end of the year. And now we're shooting for the end of December in through January. So like that, those are, those are batched out. Those are done. Um, and so that's one that's shot by our videographer. But before we had him, it was me, you know, at my local coffee shop or at the the local bar or at the restaurant being like, Hey guys, I'm at so-and-so restaurant, blah, 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 whatever. Let's go check it out. And then I would do the pans and the shots and pictures of my food. And so you know, good. that was what we were doing. So it doesn't have to be a high production quality. So one community video a week, and then as far as reels, I post a reel every single day. Okay. Um, normally each week I post about five buyer or seller or real estate tips. Okay. And it just kind of depends on the week. Um, but that's normally how like my feed looks and and the layout of it. So it normally ends up being five kind of, um, you know, tip type videos and then two or more, you know, more personal videos. So that could be like sneakers, that could be, you know, gym, that could be food, that could be something inspirational. Um, and then the other kind of content bucket that I have is, um, you know, just houses, right? So like property tours, new construction, you know, that real estate Smart. kind of bucket. Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. I'm not on there consistently. Okay. So I have like zero traction or followers. Um, no, I just I, post I, there randomly. Yeah, I totally get that. I was just uh, curious. Okay, so then uh, talk to us about people always want to do content, but they want to systematically do it to generate leads. How are you making this kind of journey to try to get it to leads or do you not worry about that? Like what is the, your thought process there? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, clearly that's the goal for everyone. Um, I think that you need to be very specific on who your audience is. You know, too many people, especially in real estate, start to get very like coachy and talking to other realtors. And that gets a lot of engagement because as realtors, we're on our mm. socials very frequently, you know, interacting with people and things like that. But like, who is your consumer and you need to be talking to them. And the most successful people on all of the platforms are the ones that have that target audience and talk to them. Like they're literally taught, like I, if Josh was my target audience and I'm, I'm like in my mind, Hey Josh, this is what you're going to need to do if you're buying a home in Houston right now, you know, and, and like yeah. talking to him, like I'm specifically talking to him rather than being like, well, if any buyer is looking to buy, like I need to be very specific in what my target audience is. Um, and then those people will follow you. Other people will follow you as well. But like, if Josh is my target audience, then I need to make content for him. Um, when I think about leads and when I think about social, only about 10% of our business comes directly from social. Like you DM me and say, I want to buy a house. And I am DMing you on Instagram to make that happen, right? But what I think of with social is we get a lot of agent-to-agent -agent referrals. Mm. Um, you know, that's about 20 to 25% of our business. About 30% of our business comes from our past clients in our sphere mm. and referrals from them as well. So whether that's you transacting again or you saying, hey, I've got a buddy that's moving to Houston and I'd love for you to help him out, you know, here's, here's his info. And all of that comes from social because I'm DMing my clients, right? I'm DMing my past clients. I'm interacting with them on social. So it's not just, hey, I'm you know, sending you a DM to say I want to buy a house. It's also these other things that are a little bit harder to quantify or track. But I know that I'm I'm engaging and having conversations with them. And then I'm getting texts for like from my past clients that are like, hey, you know, I saw your video on blank. That was awesome. Or hey, 
I saw your spotlight at this place. You should go to the place next door. That's, you know, blah, blah, blah. That is a great restaurant. And I, and I love it. Right. So they are consuming the content and giving feedback. It just may not be like on the platform. We'll keep going with that, with your leads. Cause you mentioned 10% coming from social, kind of this organic community that you're, you're building 30% coming from your sphere. Where else are you seeing success with lead generation in your marketing? Yeah. I mean the, um, the sphere and then agent to agent referrals is big for us as well. Um, and then at that point, that's about, you know, 70, 80% of our business. The rest is all just kind of random, right? So we do expireds, um, you know, we don't really do for sale banners, but we do expireds. Um, we have a very robust MLS, you know, so our consumer facing yeah. website from our MLS is great. So we get leads from that. Um, and those are, you know, high quality leads that are looking on a real estate website. So it's like, you know, a Zillow lead or something like that, but not at a, you know, referral fee clip. And so, you know, all of those are good. And then, and then, you know, I mean, that's, that's really it as far as like the bigger ones. And then we have like the one-offs of like a girl on our team has two, two people she's gotten from TikTok. Right. And just like things like that, that it's like not really a lead source that we are pouring into significantly, but like, you know, if we close a deal or two, it's still tracked in the system. Love that. One of the best ways to dominate your local market is with geographic farming. And we have a one hour free webinar that tells you how. Join Luke and Josh, hey, that's me, to hear how to choose a lucrative farm. You'll discover the three critical requirements every farming strategy must have and find out why so many fail to plant the seeds for client engagement. To check out our on-demand webinar, go to ReminderMedia.com slash GeoFarmWebinar and start filling your pipeline with leads and become the best known agent on your block. That's ReminderMedia.com slash GeoFarmWebinar. Take action on this today. So let's talk about your team, right? The struggle with teams I find in talking to team leaders and people trying to build teams is, is they build this platform out, they recruit agents in, the agent then becomes successful and then the agent doesn't like their split or <laughs> wants to move on and do it on their own. So you've invested all this time and energy, but you're losing people. Like how do you build your team out, fight that battle, do recruiting, build the system, give us a little insight there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Right. And so, you know, you have the the struggle for a team leader of, do I continue to increase splits to where I'm no longer profitable or do I train people, you know, knowing that they may leave and hopefully, you know, we can continue to provide them a value that they, they want to stay. Right. So whether that's services that they get, whether that may be a, a graduated split that they get once they reach a certain amount of production, um, you know, there are different ways to supplement or provide value to agents, you know, outside of just monetary value, right? Maybe it's like, you know, if you sell over $10 million a year, then you, uh, this is not, I hope none of my team members, then like maybe we like buy you a vacation or we give you a week <laughs> off or like, right. you know I mean? Like it, it could be other things, um, you know, and, and we're always striving to like, as we grow the team to have as much value as we can, um, so, you know, as we're scaling the team from, you know, what we were like five agents to now next year, we'll probably be 30 agents. Like wow. what are the additional value add things that we can have? And what, what does our admin team look like to ensure that we're still able to provide them with social, social cards and like, you know, keeping current matters data and different things like that so that they have some canned content to put on their social in addition to their videos, in addition to their other stuff, top producers get an hour with our videographer every month okay. to shoot content. That's so that great. could be like, I want to do a YouTube video. I want to do, you know, short form vertical content. I want to do whatever. Some of them have done like branded photo shoots with him instead, you know? And so that's, that's like kind of their choice. Um, and none of that stuff is, is really that, you know, costly or expensive either for us or for them, but it's like, you know, 
having that additional added value and, and those things I think is beneficial. But I mean, depending on your team setup, if it's a more traditional team setup, like it's normally an 18 to 36 month, you know, time frame that you've got a buyer's agent on your team. Mm. And unless you're giving them more responsibility or more money or more whatever, like chances are they probably are going to go out on their own. Yep. Um, and that's just the fact of the matter, right? So, you know, it's either continuing to challenge them and add value or um, just know that it's, you always kind of need to recruit. Um, and that's something that once we realized that we kind of went from that, we're always five agents because one leaves and we add one more, one leaves and we add one more to, you know, now we're adding on agents constantly, right? And if people leave, we have other people to kind of backfill that position in that production. Well, what are some of the challenges, the greatest challenges you're seeing right now? And how are you sort of adapting to this shifting market, you know, or, or I guess the market is already shifted, but. <laughs> <laughs> we, we keep saying that, right? Yeah, now. right. Yeah, well, in the shifted, shifted market, it's shifted. Yeah, um, it's interesting is what we like to say. It's an interesting market. That's Luke's line. <laughs> um, I, Luke, I love that. Like, I, I always hate, like, people are like, this is a crazy market. I'm like, why would anyone want to buy in a crazy yeah, market? Correct. Like that's, yeah. that's a terrible line y'all. Um, no, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely been like a very interesting three years. Right. Um, I think that what I've been telling my team and what I've been telling people is that it's going to be harder in 2023 to find buyers, right. As a buyer's agent, or even as an agent in the market, it's going to be harder to find buyers in 2023 than, than it has been, you know, in the past two years, mm. but it's going to be easier to find them a home. Mm. And so, you know, you have to work on your, what you're saying, what you're doing and the conversations you're having and choosing your words with your, with your clients and prospects very carefully. But once you get those people and you convert them to work with you at that point, finding them a home is going to be a lot easier. Mm. Right. And so if they can afford to purchase and it makes sense for them to purchase, then we should help them to do so. Um, you know, cause I mean, rising interest rates, have been have been a, a challenge over the past you know s now four to six months or yep. whatever mm -hmm. um but i mean we're also seeing some of our clients get significantly under list price offers accepted or getting credits from the seller so that they can buy down their interest rate or even just have lower closing costs because they're okay with the interest rate so i mean there's a lot of opportunity in the market and that's where you know the content that we put out and stuff like that is like you need to share your client wins and share those stories because, you know, there's someone sitting at home that's like, oh, well, I can't buy because I can't afford blank or whatever. And if they hear that story, then that may kind of compel them to, you know, reach out or at least consider purchasing. That's awesome. so no, good. Love that approach. I want to ask yeah. just uh, before I lose it, because I know this is a big, big struggle, is the 15 agents or so you have, you're going to 30. Do you have standards of accountability that they have to do? Like they have to show up to the office one day a week for a team meeting. They have to make so many calls. They have to treat the leads that you're paying for, right? Or is it different? Like I'm curious your take there. Yeah, we're a pretty high accountability team, okay. right? So um, a lot of the things that you just said are things that we monitor and, and you know, kind of look after. Um, so we have a weekly team meeting that we meet in person once a week. And, you know, we'll go over all of the pending deals. We'll go over any other training stuff, right? Um, if you've sold less than 10 homes with the team, we have a weekly 30-minute just kind of uh, training session. And it's a little mastermind where we'll kind of go over different things that maybe like you know, a contract document that may be something kind of tedious like that, or it could be like, Hey, here's something that, you know, is a tech tool that you guys should be using to, 
you know, convert more buyers or, you know, here's the buyer guide and going over that with someone. Here's, here's how to close that consultation. Here's how to whatever. Um, every morning we have a daily huddle and it's basically like a five minute call and a team member from the team leads it every day. And it's basically just like a quick motivational, inspirational kind of moment. And then every morning after that, everyone has to kind of like report what their day was a win from the day before and stuff like that. And so it's definitely um, between that and then like team challenges. Uh, we run team challenges a lot of like, you know, calls, conversations, appointments, contracts, you know, kind of those, those money-making activities. Right. Um, it, it gets like, if someone's slacking, what I love about my team is like before when it was smaller and we had five people, it'd be like me just like breathing down everyone's neck of like, why aren't you doing this micromanagement, you know, whatever. Now with the amount of people we have on the team, and these team challenges, if, if the three of us are, are on a team and I'm not pulling my weight, Josh is like, hey, like, why haven't you made any calls? And Luke's like, dude, why haven't you put anything under contract? And I feel the pressure from y'all, not from me, right? That's great. And yeah. so um, I really like that. It's kind of funny, you know, now like sitting in the room and seeing them kind of talk about that and being like, well, wait, you're not doing an open house this weekend and you have zero you know, contracts and escrow, what, what are you doing? Yeah. And like, they're, they're kind of putting that on each other. And then, and then you see people like, all right, well, let me, let me sign up for an open house then, you know? And yeah. so, um, the accountability kind of comes from within, right. We, we want to be known as a high production team. We want to, if you, you know, see an offer come through from our team, the, the, the listing agent be like, okay, yeah, like I know this is going to be a strong, well-written clean offer. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that's, the accountability comes from comes from the team um you know outside of that i mean we want all of our team members to sell at least 15 homes a year okay right and we we monitor that quarterly of, of them putting at least four under contract every quarter right and then doing all the right things like so if you're not putting four under contract in a quarter and then you're not showing up to team meetings and you're not like being a positive steward of culture we're gonna have a conversation of like hey you've got 30 or 60 or how many ever days to kind of get back on track or like you know I don't think this is the right fit. What yes. a great way to say it, a positive steward of culture. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Can, you can always tell um, someone that holds themselves highly highly yeah. accountable because, number one, able to go through that. But as soon as you brought up accountability, Katie, your face, like, lit up. Like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about this. <laughs> My team is like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, Non-real estate-related question. Uh, we're, yeah. we're wrapping up the year. I'm always looking for good books to add to my reading challenge list for next year. What book have you read that's had the biggest impact on your life and, and why? So one book that I always go back to that I really like is White collar warrior by bill hart i've never read that i haven't heard of that one it's a good one um i think for sales professionals or anyone that has to be like persistent in what they're doing because he basically talks about um you know the military and armed forces and things that people go through and like going to war and like the mindset that you have to have to do something like that. And it's like, and you're complaining that you have to go make some phone calls or you're complaining <laughs> they didn't pick up the phone, you know? So it's not trying to draw parallels between the two, but there's, you know, here are the parallels between like, you know, risking your life and like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you make a call and someone hangs up on you, like these people mm. are risking their lives and yep. you're just complaining that you have to make a phone call. So I like that from a mindset perspective. And then lately I have been all in on uh, Phil Jones, exactly what to say. Yes. Um, and just like all of the magic words and and the the different phrasing and language. Um, we've changed a lot of our questions for team members and questions for, um, you know, prospective buyers and sellers with those. 
and the, the conversations we're having are so much better, you know, than they were before. So it's really just that that's, that's been awesome. a powerful book for me. That's awesome. Katie, thanks so much for being here. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. Yeah. Tell them about yeah. your conference going on too and stuff like that or the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. 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 So, um, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram. Um, my handle is move me to Texas and that's Texas is just abbreviated. So it's M O V E M E T O T X. And that's the best place to see like any masterminds I'm doing events, podcasts, you know, I always post, you know, when I've been on a podcast or I'm shooting one or whatever. Um, and then we are doing an event. So if you are looking to get, um, more into video in 2023 or up your game. We're doing the real estate video blueprint. It's going to be our second annual event. So we can now say it's an annual event, second annual event. Um, just super tactical. We're curating an awesome list of speakers of people that are practitioners, just crushing it with video content and marketing um, here in the real estate space. And they'll be able to find links to that on uh, or info to that on your Instagram. If they yep. go. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about the video content and Katie just gave you a ton of good ideas, like also go follow her. The yes. best way to get inspiration and ideas for what to post is watch what other people yeah. who are doing it well are do, posting. Do so some sure R&D. Absolutely. Thank you again for being here and thank you all for listening. You can dive deeper to this episode. We'll also link to everything that Katie mentioned there over at staypaidpodcast.com as well as the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, you can head on over to Apple Podcast, drop us a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to show your support is just to share this episode with a friend. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on social media, Instagram, and Facebook, we are at Stay Paid Podcast, and TikTok, we are at Stay Paid underscore podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. Katie, thank you so much. It's amazing. So many golden nuggets in there. Here's my action item for everybody listening to this, right? Because you want to put something into action. I loved the tactic of sharing your wins that you have with your clients, utilizing that opportunity to tell a story because there's somebody sitting at home that might think they can't afford to buy in this market. But if you share that win of how you help people buy in this market and that you got it for way under listing price and the sellers threw stuff in, like that can be the thing that causes that movement in your business. So this week, make sure you're sharing your client wins, your client testimonials, and share them in a story. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 